end time power twins purity and clarity end time power twins purity and clarity so it's without a doubt that we all know that we're living in the end times so how do we live in the end times how do we live in the end times so here are the keys that god has for us the key message is navigating successfully in the end times. Navigating successfully in the end times. Say to the person next to you, God wants me to succeed, not to fail. Have this imprinted in your heart. Okay? Have this imprinted in your heart. God wants you to succeed, never to fail. Now go with me to Proverbs chapter 30. Uh, I want to go to verse 18 to 19 in the message. In the message Bible, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 18 to 19 in the message. Where you can start just listening to me while they're setting things up. So three things amaze me. Three things amaze me. So we want to focus on these three for today. I'll focus on only one of them. And uh, I want you to go um, to the part that talks about how a ship navigates in the ocean. How a ship navigates in the ocean. This is the scripture that God has for us, for his church this morning. Navigating successfully in the end times. How a ship navigates in the ocean. And this is one of the three things that amaze me. Navigating in a river full of crocodiles. Have you ever thought about that? Navigating in a sea full of bedrocks. To navigate means to maneuver. To navigate means to perform a movement, especially when it comes to the Navy or in an army. To navigate means to perform a movement in military or naval tactics in order to secure an advantage. To navigate means to make a series of changes. In direction and position for a specific purpose. It is a tactic in battles that we must learn as Christians. End times is the time to be wise. End times is the time to be wise. To fully listen to the Holy Spirit and maneuver your life. End times is not the time to be ignorant. It's not the time to be stubborn. End times is a time that we need every one of us to be wise in our hearts. Wisdom is the principal thing. It is the Holy Ghost outwitting the devil through his church. If you look at Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, this is Joseph speaking. Well, Joseph is a, um, what do I call that? A precursor for Jesus. All right. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. This is what he said in the English Standard Version. As for you, you meant evil against me. English Standard 
version. As for you, you meant evil against me. That's Joseph talking. I want you, I want you to know this. But God, say with me, but God. One more time, but God. I love this. Whenever you read your Bible, but God. All right? You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring it about. So what do we see? We see here a change of direction. We see here a change of purpose. So God is defeating the purpose of the wicked one. God is changing the direction of your life. Not to be defeated, but to succeed. Not to be victimized, but to be a conqueror. To be a victor. So what do we see? We see a change in direction. We see a change in purpose. So say with me, but God. Say to the person next to you, navigate. Say to the person next to you, maneuver. Amen. This is a life saver. This is a life saver. This is what we call unbeatable faith. Faith makes you unbeatable. No matter how hard the devil tries. No matter how tough the situation is. No matter how harassing those thoughts are. Faith makes you unbeatable. Amen. Your unfailing hope. In the tough times. Your light in the midst of darkness. Listen to me. There is no failure for those who refuse to accept it. Can I say it one more time? There is no failure for those who refuse to accept it. There is no hate for those who refuse to take it. There is no hate For those who refuse to take it. Go with me to 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 19. So what do you have? You have the power to refuse the enemy. Can we say amen? 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 19. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 19. And we have the prophetic Word more fully confirmed. Now you may have a word of prophecy, but you need to have it confirmed. Can we say confirmed? We have the prophetic word to which you will do well to pay attention. Say with me, attention. One more time, to pay attention. To pay attention will do you well. To pay attention to the word of prophecy will do you well. Amen. We need, as the sons and the daughters of God, to be intentional. Say with me, intentional. You never just fall to be good. You have to be intentionally good. You don't ever feel that you want to discipline yourself. You have to intentionally discipline yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. So, pay attention. You will do well. As to a lamb shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns. Until. That means there is a time frame. There is a duration. It may be the toughest time. It may be the hardest time. It may be the time that your flesh is screaming. It may be a time that all that you hear is. I hate him. I hate her. I hate them. Get me out of this. I want to quit. Let's go. (laughs) 
There is a duration. But the word of God says that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. Can we say amen? So every temptation that comes my way is measured to my ability to endure it. Every temptation, every tough time that comes my way is measured according to my ability to endure and succeed in the end. Can we say amen? So every success is built into the tough times. Every success is built into the temptation to fail. Say to the person next to you, I refuse to fail. Amen. So pay attention to the light that shines in the dark places. Pay attention for the dawn until the dawn breaks and the morning star arises. Where? In your hearts. In your hearts. That's the hope. Well, can you give me some examples? Of course. David in the ring of Saul. Wasn't David persecuted? Most of his life, David in the reign of Saul, Daniel, wasn't he a slave to begin with? Yes. What did he do? He did not overthrow Babylon. He did not rebel against Nebuchadnezzar. He did not kill him. Daniel served four kings. Four kings. In both Babylon and Persia. Joseph in Egypt. He did not overthrow the Pharaoh. He did not kill Potiphar. Mordecai and Esther in Persia. Let me give you one great example. Jesus in Rome. Jesus in the Roman Empire. So how did they live in tough times? Navigating, steering, staying on track. In spite of the God of the world ruling over situations and circumstances. The Holy Spirit is more powerful than your natural situations. We need to be trained to what? To discern, to listen, to walk, to work, and to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. It's just like in music. We need to listen so we sing with the music. It's like when you dance, you dance to the drum beat. The Holy Spirit will always take us to the top. He will always take us to the top. Rivers in the desert, light in the darkness. The key is do not despise your failing times. Do not despise the times that you fail. Examine them, judge them, analyze them, learn from them so that you don't fail again. Do not despise the days of small beginnings. Do not despise the testing time of our faithfulness. The founding time of our character of resilience and perseverance and faithfulness. 
How many of us know that our character is more precious than our talents and our abilities? Abilities and skills can be trained, but no one can give you your character. Not even God. Not even God. The Holy Spirit can move, but the Holy Spirit cannot give you your character. The Bible calls it your soul. That's your character. Rome is not built in a day. Time is on our side. If that's how we think. If that's how we think, if that's how we practice, time is on our side for us and not against us. Your interpretation matters. You may look at yourself and interpret yourself as very old and you see yourself as aging, deteriorating, coming to the end of your life. Or you can interpret yourself as every moment is precious unto you. And that's why I need to serve the Lord more and more and better and stronger and better and stronger. And I want to leave. I want to leave an inheritance behind me. I want to positively affect the people around me before I go to be with the Lord. Your interpretation matters. Go with me to Proverbs Chapter 1, verse 2 to 5. Proverbs chapter 1, 2 to 5. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 2 to 5 in, in the Amplified Bible. That people may know skillful and godly wisdom. Highlight the word skillful. Highlight godly. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1. Verse 2 to 5, that people may know skillful and godly wisdom. Now, we've heard the word wisdom for so many times, and we need to know that wisdom has within it skills. Wisdom has within it godliness. Okay? If you think that is wisdom, but without godliness, it's not wisdom. And instruction, okay? Discern. To know Wisdom and instruction. Can we have the Amplified Bible, please? To know wisdom, godly wisdom and instruction to discern. I want you to look at the word discern. The word discern means to see through. Say with me, see through. To see through the facade, to see through the, to see through the facade on the service. To get to the spirit by which a person is operating by. That's called discern. Remember one of the gifts of the spirit is what? The discerning of spirits. To you see through the wrappings. You see through the service. And you see whom the person, who is the spirit the person is listening to. What's the spirit the person is operating by? Okay, and then after that, you have comprehend. Say with me, comprehend. The words of understanding and insight. Now, when you read your Bible, this is how the Holy Spirit taught me. When you read your Bible, read your Bible with the Holy Ghost and highlight those words the Holy Spirit is highlighting for you. 
So the Holy Spirit highlighted for me skillful and godly wisdom, highlighted for me instruction, highlighted for me discern, highlighted for me comprehend, highlighted for me understanding, highlighted for me insight. To highlight means to emphasize, means to have it in your heart. When we talk about insight, we talk about seeing deeper. We're talking about seeing beneath the service, okay? And if you look at verse 3, the word instruction. Now, I want you to understand that instruction is very, very important. And instruction is given only to the obedient and the faithful. It's like if you got a, if you got a new, uh, let's say, air fryer. Without reading the instructions, you won't know how to use it. You won't know how to take advantage of it. So instructions are very, very important. And then if you continue to read that, and the discipline of wise thoughtfulness. So where's the discipline in? Your mind. Righteousness. Where's the discipline? Your heart. Justice. Where's the discipline? In your relationships. Integrity. Where's the discipline? In your daily choices. Alright, so all these are very, very important. Now let's go to the very end, the very purpose. And the person, the wise will increase in learning. And the person of understanding will acquire. Say with me, acquire. One more time, acquire. Acquire skill and attain to sound counsel. Look at this. We do all this. We explained all this to get to this goal. What is the goal? Read that together with me. One, two, three. So that he may be able to steer his course rightly. Wow. I don't know how many years does it take for a pilot to get his license. You know, I'm talking about a pilot for a ship, a pilot for a plane. If... It takes them months, maybe years. How much more it takes us? So we need to be able to navigate wisely. It's very important. The heart given skills and discretion to navigate. How many of you drive a car? How many of you know that if you don't steer your car correctly, it will crash? How many of us understand the importance of steering? How many of us understand the importance of navigating? Amen. So how do we steer the course of our life? How do we steer the course of our living? With heart-given skills, with discretion to navigate. Amen. With the discipline to submit to the instructor. With the knowledge of the handbook, which is the Bible. With fellowshipping with the Holy Ghost. How many of us have had the Holy Spirit speaking to you? He is not just the words in your Bible. He's the voice who is alive and speaking to you. How many of us remember when Moses took the Israelites out of Egypt? He had to listen to God accurately and correctly. And the people, they listen to Moses accurately and correctly. Amen. 
Why? What is the goal? So that they could be freed from slavery. Can we say amen? And that's why eight times in the Gospels, eight times in the Gospels, repeated by Jesus, those who have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. Eight times in the Gospels, seven times in the book of Revelation. Eight times in the Gospels, seven times in the book of Revelation. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Can I ask you, look at Revelation chapter 2 verse 7 with me. Revelation 2 7 in the King James. Revelation 2 7, read that together with me. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Revelation 2 7. King James, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And I want you to continue to read that. To him that overcomes. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And then to him that overcomes. So what are the two important steps? Number one, hear. Number two, overcome. Number one. Here, number two, overcome. Sometimes we hear, oh, I love to hear this, I love to hear this. A lot of times the reason why I know for sure that it's from the Holy Ghost is because I need to overcome. If it's from my flesh, it's easy. I'll just do it. And I say, oh, the Holy Spirit has spoken to me, but it's not the Holy Ghost who has spoken to you. It's the flesh which has spoken to you. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, because the Holy Spirit is higher than us, then we need to ascend. How do we ascend? By overcoming the lower nature, which is the flesh. Can we say amen? Look at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 12. Proverbs twenty twelve in the King James. Proverbs 20, verse 12. The hearing ear, the seeing eye, the Lord has made even both of them. Proverbs 20 verse 12. The hearing ear and the seeing eye. We need both. Can I ask you to touch your eyes? And touch your ears. Who gave them to us? So whom should we look to? Whom should we hear? Are you sure? Not each other? Not YouTube? <laughs> Not the news, not your friends. Well, God took Abraham because it was hard for him to believe God because of his age. What did God say? Come with me, lift up, behold the stars. When God tells you to, to behold, he's promoting you. The higher you can look, the higher you can go. The higher you can look, the higher you can go. Jesus said, my sheep hears my voice. Now, if you go to Israel or if you go to any of the shepherds, you'll notice that the sheep has an inbuilt reception. An inbuilt reception that is built to the shepherd's voice alone. It's like when you're strange, like the sheep, they do not know you. No matter how much you try to sing, to dance, you know, to talk kindly, nicely, affectionately, they won't hear you. 
I do have a dog. My dog, you know, he hears my voice. When I call him, he knows my voice. Even when he's asleep, he'll right away jump up. The sheep has a built-in reception, a receptor to the voice of the shepherd. That's why Jesus said, my sheep hears my voice. The voice of a stranger, they will not follow. It's not because he's telling us, you better hear my voice. No, the scriptures are never with intimidation. That's scrupulosity. The scriptures tell us, reveal to us what is the truth. So the truth is that when I am, when I am a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, I have a built-in receptor on the inside to hear him and to follow him. And there will be a built-in resistance, a built-in resistance against the evil one. Amen. Now let's go to the end times. Go to Mark, uh, go to Matthew chapter 24 in the English Standard Version. Matthew 24, English Standard Version. All right. Matthew 24. Let's start with verse 3. This is about Jesus. As he said on the Mount of Olives, now understand that Jesus is a prophet. So he knew what was to come. And as we are living in the end times, we must have that prophetic leading, the prophetic leading of the Holy Spirit, okay, so that you will not be victimized. I know, and I know that this tough times, this COVID tough times is coming to an end. For those of you that have businesses, for those of you that are investing, you don't have to worry. The good times are coming. The prosperous times are coming, but you do have to navigate. It doesn't mean that we are not under the control of the evil one. The God of the world definitely is tightening his grip. There will be controlling measures, but the economy is coming up again. So prepare yourself. If you have the leading of the Holy Spirit, you will prosper even in the times of famine. It takes maneuvering. It takes navigation. It takes listening to the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said on the Mount of Olives, his disciples coming to him privately, saying, tell us, when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and the close of the age? And Jesus answered them. Well, this is so weird. Because Jesus did not answer them right away. The first words that came out of the mouth of Jesus The first words that came out of the mouth of Jesus, see that no one leads you astray. So so that has to be the most important in the end times. See that no one leads you astray. Those were the first words that came out of the mouth of Jesus. So what is the opposite of that? The opposite of that is, I surely know. Where I am going. I know where I'm going. And I know who is going with me. This is very, very important. When it comes to navigation. When it comes to steering your wheel. When it comes to maneuvering. You need to know where you are going. You need to know your director. You need to know who is speaking to you. A ship can get into an off-course problem, or you can call it a deviation problem, if not navigated properly. 
Deviation means a wandering, a turning aside from the right way, from the right course or from the right line. And if you are deviated, if you have run, if you're running an off course problem, you'll end up in the wrong place. You'll end up in a wrong place, totally different from where you want to go. So it's very important for us to keep our hands on the steering wheel of our life in order that we can navigate wisely to our destiny. Can we say amen? Go with me to James chapter 3. James chapter 3 verse 4 to 5 in the English standard. James chapter 3 verse 4 to 5. This is what the Holy Spirit is saying. Look at the ships. Look at the ships. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, by situations, circumstances, by the government, by different laws and orders, yet they are guided by a very small rudder. Continue to read. Wherever the wheel of the pilot directs. So who is directing the ship? Who is directing the ship? The winds? The storm? The pilots. So who is directing your life? Me. Who is directing your life? You. Wherever the wheel of the pilot, wherever the wheel of the pilot directs, we are charismatic. We are Pentecostal. Yes, I believe in the wind of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the move of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to know that your will can override the move of the Holy Spirit anytime. You may be dancing and singing Pentecostal in church, but as soon as you leave church, you run your life with your will. Your willpower is very, very important. It is vital. Your willpower is vital. Your will directs your life. Your will can easily undo all your spiritual training. Rebellion is of the will. Stubbornness is like witchcraft. Then it gets into the spirit of the man. Listen to me. Church, devils work from the outside in. God works from the inside out. If you are reacting to how people treat you, reacting to situations and circumstances, come on, you are not led. You are reacting. And when you react, you are yielding to the God of the world who is Satan. He may tempt you with what is sweet, but eventually it won't be sweet. Our willpower is very, very important. Devils work from the outside in. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. Isn't that right? The apple. The apple was what Eve saw. The voice was what she heard in her soul. So the devil on the outside and the devil's voice on the, on the inside of a person in his or her flesh, in the soul. 
When one is shaken, it is the willpower that is being shaken. The devil wants people to be strong will in carnality, in worldliness, in evil, but weak-willed, passive in godliness. Look at James chapter 3 verse 5. James chapter 3 verse 5. It matters whose voice you are listening to. It matters whose voice you are repeating. James chapter 3 verse 5. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it bows of great things. How great is the forest set ablaze by such a small fire. Now I've listened to the teachings of confession, which is very good. At the same time, you need to discern the voice that is talking to you. If you don't discern the voice that is talking to you, you repeat that voice. And that's how the whole forest will be burnt. Because you are speaking the devil's voice. Discernment is very, very powerful. Your tongue directs your life like the steering wheel of your car. And it's so important that we understand that the minute we shift, we can shift from failure to success. We can shift from poverty to prosperity. I, I don't drive a manual car. How many of you drive a manual car? You drive a manual. What do you have? Your gear, right? So when you're going uphill, you have to change your gear. When you're going downhill, you have to change your gear. When you're parking, you have to change your gear. Why? Because you need to navigate according to where you are. According to the landscape that you are in. So Christians, we are navigating. That's how we win against the devil. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. When you believe wrong, you think wrong. When you think wrong, you talk wrong. And when you talk wrong, you live wrong. And that's why Jesus had come to change our hearts. Your heart is the center of your faith. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto confession. So you change your heart. That's what repentance is about. Repentance means to change my direction. What the devil meant for harm, God will turn it around for good. But Joseph had to believe that. If Joseph had allowed his emotions, his reactions to dictate the direction of his life, he would have stayed a slave forever. Can we see that? I love you very, very much. I love you very, very much. But I won't allow you to change the direction of my life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Your hands must be on your steering wheel. It is so, so important. If you don't change your thinking, what will happen? If you continue to think bad... Then you may end up in a divorce. If you continue to think bad, then your life will go from blessing to cursing. So when you change your thinking, you change your going. Can we say amen? Look at Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-five. Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-five to twenty-six. 
I've said many times, God is not in the business of sending people to hell. It is not God's heart to punish you and send you to hell. No. It's the heart of God that every one of us is saved. It's the heart of God that every one of us, we live a blessed life, a prosperous life, a joyful life, a good life. But still, why do people go to hell? Why do people still encounter a lot of tough times? The problem is not with God. The problem is with our choices. Whom we listen to. What do we see? Okay, so now go with me to Second Timothy, Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 25 to 26. Listen to me. In, in the King James. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 25 to 26 in the King James. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Wow, I thought it's God opposing them. Was it God who was opposing them? Who was opposing them? Those that oppose themselves. And if you continue to read, look at verse 26. What is the good about repentance? That they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. And this is the prayer that we need to pray for those who have gone astray. Why have they gone astray? Because they have believed a lie and they are held captive. And they're doing whatever the devil wants them to do. They have become the devil's puppets. So we need to pray for them, for light to come, for light to come. So the morning star rises in the heart. So they recover themselves, recover themselves, amen, from the snare of the devil. Can we say amen? Amen. Drunk driving is no good. You shouldn't be drunk and driving at the same time. Drinking the wine of the enemy is not wise. It can cause one to lose one's sanity, your sound judgment. Why? Because I'm lusting for, for pleasures. I'm lusting for self-gratification, self-vindication. I'm being driven by lust, sorrows, anger, bitterness, hate. The Bible talks about in the book of Revelation that the people are drunk with the wine of Babylon. Drunk with the wine of the devil, the enemy of our soul. We need to understand the enemy wants us to crash. He wants to hijack our car, our ship, so that he gets to be in the driver's seat. He wants to take us where he wants us to go, not where you want to go. So what do you do? Refuse. Stand against him. Come on, say to the person next to you, refuse him. Stand against him. What is that movie or cartoon? Sorry, I mixed up Cinderella or Snow White. <laughs> with the, with the, the, the devil offering her the apple. What is that? Snow White or Cinderella? Snow White. <laughs> so the devil was offering her the apple. I mean, she was stupid. She could have said no. <laughs> Come on, say to the person next to you, say no. <laughs> One more time, say no. Hallelujah. Amen. To refuse, you need to have a strong will. 
and a sound mind. Don't abdicate from your will. Don't always ask people to make decisions for you. Don't always rely on your wife to make decisions for you. Don't always rely on your husband to make decisions for you. Pack your own suitcase. <laughs> Decide what kind of clothes you're going to wear. <laughs> Can we say amen? You train your mind. How many of us want us, ourselves, our mind to be sharper? Stronger. Train it. Train yourself to make decisions. Train yourself to be stronger. Train yourself to think good about people. Train yourself to think about success. Amen. Say to the person next to you, train your mind. Amen. To refuse, we need to have a strong will and a sound mind. To be in charge of your life. Not to be passive. Not to be reactive. It's so easy to react. How many of us have reacted before and then we regret? We don't want it. Your willpower is vital when it comes to defeating the devil. Can we say amen? So navigating successfully in the end times is very, very important. In the midst of political manipulation, the curtailing of personal freedom, in the midst of pandemics, factions, parties, drives, etc. Don't live by parties. Don't live by parties. I hate the left. I love the right. I love the right. I hate the left. I love the left. I hate the right. No, don't live by parties. And, and can I say something to you? Don't watch and listen to a lot of conspiracy theories. Don't watch and don't listen to all the conspiracy theories you will be conspired against <laughs> by the devil himself. <laughs> Truth is the sure way out. Truth. Truth. Say to the person next to you, nothing but the truth. Truth is the sure way that God will lead us. And truth is applicable to every man, every situation, every place. Amen. Not facts. Not facts. The fact is, I'm sick. The truth is, by his stripes, I am healed. I can't even recall how many times God has healed me because I hold on to the truth. I've shared with you times and times again, my knees were hurting so bad. We were in England. My knees were hurting so bad. You can ask my husband. We're going up the hill because we want to see the castles and the fortress. My knees were hurting so bad. It hurt. They hurt, especially going downhill. But I held on to the truth. I held on to the truth. I did not cave into feelings. You know, some of us, we don't want hard times. But God will bring in those hard times if we don't change. You know, I sent you in the WhatsApp, I text you the message. Life is a school. If we don't take our lessons, you don't get to the next grade. If you want to go to the next grade, I've passed many exams in my life. If you want to go to the next grade, you need to pass your exams. You need to learn your lessons. So I held on to the truth. My flesh was screaming, screaming at me. But praise the Lord, it paid off in the end. 
I wear these shoes deliberately to show you that my legs are strong. High heels, platform shoes. My knees are strong, completely, totally healed. Can we say amen? There will be times in your life when everything works against you. Why? To train you so that you hold on to the truth. When all hell breaks loose, that's what you need to do, is to hold on to the truth. Can we say amen? So if God does not want us to be vaccinated, if vaccination is a sin against God, then all the missionaries have to stop traveling. But my Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospels. And Jesus said that we are now in the time of sorrows. The end of the world is not yet. Not yet. And also, the key is that you and I won't be tricked. We won't be tricked or deceived into getting the mark of the beast. To get the mark of the beast, you need to renounce your faith. It's an exercise of your choice. The same way that when you believe, the same way that you go through your life, all the challenges, every one of them involves an exercise of our choice. And if you're used to just doing what you like, just doing what you like, even though the word of God says, no, don't do it. You exercise your choice and you keep listening to the devil. You keep listening to the devil. The devil's voice becomes familiar to you. Before you know it, it becomes your voice. And then he becomes a great influencer in your life. And before you know it, he's taking the driver's seat. Before you know it, he's, taking, he's driving your car. He's possessing your mind. He's possessing your will. On the other hand, if you practice listening to the voice of the Holy Ghost and you keep yielding to the voice of the Holy Spirit, it takes practice, man. (laughs) It takes practice for all of us. Amen. And if you keep yielding to the voice of the Holy Spirit, choosing the voice of the Holy Spirit against the voice of your flesh, the Holy Spirit becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in your life. He becomes a big influencer in your life. And he takes hold of you. He lays hold of you. He promotes you. You're moving in the gifts of the Spirit. You're moving in signs and wonders and miracles. Because you have lost sight of yourself. You've lost your self-consciousness. You're in the consciousness of the Holy Ghost. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And that's why Jesus said, remember, in his uh, end time discourse, he said, see that no one leads you astray. Can we say amen? And then if you continue in that Matthew 24, that discourse, Matthew 24, in verse 6, he said, see that you be not troubled. Say with me. First, number one, be not led astray. One more time, be not led astray. Number two, be not troubled. Very important two key advices that Jesus had given to the end time church. 
Okay, discernment, discernment. Let me finish with this. Discernment is the key to successful navigation. The devils cannot attack you without you knowing it. The devils cannot attack you without you knowing it. There are demonic signs that tell you the presence of demons. The Holy Spirit has promised that he will warn us of the things to come. There are signs that tell you the presence of demons. Unclean. Thoughts that are unclean. Motives that are mixed. The Holy Spirit will give you signs of his presence. The desire to sacrifice yourself so that others can gain. The desire to serve God. The love for holiness. Let me give you the signs of the devil's presence. Wars, strifes, stress, shortage, sickness, disasters, the breakdown of natural laws, disorders, catastrophes, the breakdown of human relationships, law and order, the scope of the rebellion. You can see the devil's intention. You look around, you watch the news. The devil's intention is to take over good and replace it with evil. The spirit of rebellion so that the children do not listen to the parents. It is not just one household. It's the whole world. The order is collapsing. The order is collapsing. The laws are not working. All we like sheep. We have gone astray. Each and every one to his own way. That's the generation we're living in now. So we need to know the signs of the devils. We need to know demonic presence by his signs. Nothing happens suddenly. There is a trail. There is a track. There is a process. There is a progressive infiltration, penetration, deception, influence. Listen to me, church. Weakness. 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 If we keep yielding to our weakness... We keep listening to our weakness. It becomes maliciousness. Weakness. Constantly entertained. Becomes maliciousness. Devils are traceable. There is a rabbit trail. A pattern that you can find demons. An oppression and emotion that you can feel. Once you refuse it. That's why we say refuse. You don't fail until you accept failure. You won't rebel until you say yes to rebellion. So when you refuse it, the sting, 
the accusing voice becomes less intense. I notice I've experienced for myself, I have the flesh that I have to contend with as well. You know, like Jacob, wrestle with God, right? That's to do with our flesh. I've experienced it for myself. My flesh didn't want to submit, did not want to. And then I would be harassed in my mind. My mind would continue like a, a CD player that would continue to repeat the voice of the lust of my heart. You know, anger is a lust. Hate is a lust. Pleasure is a lust. So my mind would keep repeating, you know, the desire, the lust of myself, my flesh, my lower self, until I pray, until I rebuke the devil, until I break that cycle. I said, I'm a child of God. There is no hate in me. I'm a child of God. There's no rebellion in me. Get out, you devil. Get out in the name of Jesus. Why? Because your will matters. Say to the person next to you, your will matters. The devil cannot keep you weak until you allow him to do so. You have the authority to permit or to refuse. You win, you lose the way you choose. Christianity is all about choices. The Holy Ghost can only lead you as you choose to be led. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Let me finish with this uh, question that a lot of Christians ask. So does God want every Christian to be a martyr in the end times? Does God want every one of us martyred when the Antichrist comes? No. How do I know that the answer is no? Look at what Jesus said before the days of the destruction of Jerusalem. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 12. 2 Timothy. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Matthew chapter 10 verse 23. Matthew 10, 23. The destruction of Jerusalem. Remember, it had been prophesied in the Old Testament that Jerusalem would be destroyed. So if you follow that track, you would think that, oh, God wanted them destroyed. God wanted to punish them. But look at what Jesus said. When they persecute you in one town, just stay there. Die a martyr? What did Jesus say? Flee to the next. And keep fleeing. If you read the book of Revelation, there is a place that God would prepare for the Christians. Even in the ring of the Antichrist. So flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. That means you will not be killed. There is a place for martyrs. There's a place for martyrdom. Martyrdom is a gift. When you cannot do anything anymore, there is still a way of escape, which is martyrdom. The minute you're martyred, you go to heaven. I believe that martyrs don't feel any pain because it's a gift. God's will for us is success, success, success. God wants you good. Remember, he said that I have a plan for you to bless you, not to curse you, to give you a hope and a future. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. <laughs> Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Every eye bow, every head bow, every eye closed. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here this morning,
and you have not asked Jesus to come into your life as your Lord and your Savior, don't just come here and leave. Your decision is vital. God honors your decision. He works with your decision. So if you decide today, you make the choice of your life to ask Jesus to come in to you as your Lord and your Savior. Don't mind what other people are thinking. Don't even look around. It's between you and God. Can I ask you to have the courage to lift up your hand and say, Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Come into my life as my Lord and my Savior. And if you are already a Christian, and you know that you need to come back to the Lord, maybe you have been harassed, you have been tormented, you have been upset, and you know and you know that I need to come back to that place, the place of my Father, the place of the Comforter, the place of my, my Holy Spirit, my Strengthener, my Standby. Just lift up your hands to Him. Just lift up. To surrender to God is the best position that we can take. Amen. For those of us, yes, we say, I take the stand to surrender to God. If you can stand up with me right now. Say, yes, I'm taking my place. I'm surrendering myself to God. I am His and I'm following Him all the way. If you can stand and stand with me and let the Holy Spirit come into your life and he will teach you to navigate. He will teach you to maneuver. You don't have to fear. Fear no evil for God is with you. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. Can I ask you to pray this with me together? Father God, I thank you. That you are the life giver. My life comes from you. And my life belongs to you. I thank you. That you are my good father. You take care of me. You watch over me. You provide for me. You heal me. You lead me. So I live my life. By you. Through you, to you. Jesus, you are my kinsman redeemer. Jesus, you are my Lord. You stand next to me. You stand within me. Thank you. You are for me, not against me. Precious Holy Spirit, I invite you. Come on the inside of me. Be my voice that I listen to. Be my thoughts that I meditate on. Be my will that I live by. Thank you. Thank you. The triune God. The victorious God. I am yours from now on and forever. And my life is good. I've been ordained to be a success, to be a victor, to be a winner as I listen to you and follow you all the way, all the way. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.